You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 97th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is me, Matt Allen in Minneapolis. (laughs) Uh, And this is me, Spencer Howe in Boston. Hey, guys. Hey, you know, I have to apologize to all the listeners. I've come under the weather. Um, You know, it's just I was out there training really Mm -hmm. hard in the the crappy spring classics weather. Mm -hmm. uh, And the local hard, hard men... Decided not to uh, cancel the, uh, the local group uh, ride on Sunday. Wait oh, a yeah. second, weren't weren't you in Key West? Yeah, is that um, is that typically pretty where the classics hard men go to train? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hard men in, in Key West. <laughs> How, uh, uh, what is the loop in Key West? It's like maybe a ten mile loop, maybe. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know how big Key West is. So there were some road bikes in Key West. Well, I'm it sure there are that, road bikes. It seems that the local group ride that leaves on the Sunday morning, it basically goes out um, Highway 1 uh-huh. to Marathon to yes. the 7 Mile Bridge, and then it turns around and comes back. And so there's <laughs> there's a couple bridges uh, that it crosses. Okay. But it's basically uh <laughs> So those are the climbs. So that's like your Category 2 and your Category 3 climbs? Yeah. Nice. And then within Key West itself, there is a like there's a golf course that kind of surrounds the the landfill uh, where uh, uh, listener of the podcast uh, um, of We Cycle, pretty cool bike shop right near uh, Key West. Uh, Chris, our friend there, has a um, house right by the golf course, and that is like where the community college is. That seems to be the the two mile circuit loop. Like if you're going to mm-hmm. go do some intervals, you mm-hmm. go around there because that's a it's a pretty calm road, mm-hmm. but other than that, you're like pretty much. Uh, not a lot of there's a lot of, of pedicabs. Not a lot yeah. of golf cart traffic over there. No, not not too much golf cart. A lot of pedicabs, like uh, okay. and and rental bikes. But Key West is a uh, fun city. It, it was a little strange for Sarah and I because we're in between. There's there's a lot of spring breakers. You know the classic like woohoo spring break, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of parrot heads. Yeah, uh, I think and they're then always there. And Spencer, if you don't know what a parrot head is, that's Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville. Like, you ever see uh, someone that wears a Hawaiian print T-shirt in the middle of winter in sandals with socks on? They're probably a parrot head. They live in Key West in the winter. There's a lot of people that wear sandals and socks. Huh. Yeah. So, anyways, they're there. We were tweeners, but it was a uh, it was a fun time. But I picked up a cold. Were uh, Were you able no. to win any townline sprints? No, I was not. And once again, on the local Sunday ride, I did not win any town line sprints. I also tried to lead my buddy out full bore into the most important KOM in Orlando, this cobbled section, and I let him out at like 33 miles an hour, according to my Strava, and he thought he had it, and then we got home, and he's like now tied for second place. So he still has a second to go. A second? Well, that's... He'd still make the Olympic team, then. Yeah. That's right. We're getting there. So... Anyways, guys, that's enough about me. How about you guys? Um, uh, 
tired. Yeah. Kind of, you know. I haven't really ridden my bike much. I've been I've been riding a lot, but only to and from work. Spencer, I have to ask, do you have any updates about last week's story with the uh, the cop imposter or anything? Like, remember? I, I've been on the edge of my seat knowing if anything's changed. Well, I'm not at liberty to discuss these things, you know. It's, uh, okay. a, it's an open case, so. Open case. I'm sure that, uh, sure they're on it. Well, let's just say it's moving forward. Ooh. It is moving forward. Nice. And, uh, little guy, any, uh, any excitement? Because I saw that it was like 65 degree weather up in Minnesota this weekend, so I'm sure all the group rides were going on. I, I did, I did briefly get to be in a group ride. I did ride my bike Saturday. I rode out to Bayport to get into the, uh, Josh Bauer goodbye ride, which was great. Where's he going? He's moving to China. Oh, that's right. I knew that. And yeah, you knew that. But, um, (laughs) he's moving to China. Uh, it was nice of him inviting me on his goodbye ride. Uh, I guess that's what it's called. And I barely made it. Because I'm late to everything, and I rode out, and I thankfully saw the group, was able so, to swing around, jump on the group, and, and... So nobody was aware that you normally show up to group rides half an hour late? I showed up... Well, I mean, this one, you're supposed to meet at the cafe at 8 and, and relax, drink an espresso, uh, have a waffle, watch Milan San Remo. I made it almost to the cafe by, like, a little after 10, so mm-hmm. I caught the ride as it was headed toward Afton. I got on the back, and I was able to hang on for a little bit, my first group ride of the year, um, and chat a little bit. And then the pace went up, and my 42, 13 uh, gearing was not enough. I spun, my, <laughs> I spun out so hard going down, like, stagecoach into Afton. Um, and then I had to turn off anyway and go to the orchard and prune trees. So, But it was nice. It was fun while I was there. It was kind of like, oh, this is fun. I, I should go on these group rides once, you know? It's kind of yeah. cool. Group rides are okay. Yeah, yeah. It's cool to sit bad. at the back of like 20, 20 people group ride. That's bigger than a road race in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> so a... No wonder the pace went up. That was literally the most important ride of the year. That was like the world championship of Minnesota. Uh-huh. <laughs> there were some heavy hitters there. So. Well, it's nice. It's good about the weather. And, and the theme here has definitely been the weather on this opening uh, section. And I think that that was kind of the big news of the week. Yeah. Um, with a canceled stage at Torino Adriatico. Kind of canceled the, at the Triton, yeah, and then the ca- kind of canceled stage at Paris Nice, where there is all types of complaining in the middle of the stage, and about the the difference of how the races handled the cancellation and the snow and all of that wonderful weather. But rest assured, T.J. Van Garderen was doing well, <laughs> but broke a spoke, so it wasn't the weather that canceled his. Yeah, his, it wasn't the weather that ended his, his GC aspirations. I was wondering where you were going with that one. Yeah, I, know. Uh, I was like, how do I... I was kind of bummed, but I will say that, you know, let, let, speaking of uh, Van Garderen, yeah. let's just get to Torino Adriatico, because his teammate, GVA, yeah. did quite an awesome job. He had great And team. he took an awesome stage today. You see it? Where too? he over yeah, he overcame uh, Sagan at the end there and then also took the lead in yeah. the um the GC. Now it is a time trial tomorrow, so he, you know, maybe he can uh I I'm, I'm thinking Sagan's got this. I think yeah. Sagan's Sagan's pissed after today, I think. I can't believe that GVA beat Sagan well, in the sprint. Well, he's got to be getting really sick and getting beat by GVA in the sprint. And I think Sagan's going to win this this TT tomorrow. He's going to crush it. He's the legs are shaved. He's angry. <laughs> he needs that first win in the jersey. It's going to be like Tour of California all over again. He's going to ride. He's only eight seconds down. Yeah, 
But Bobby Jungles is in second, and he's only uh, – or yeah. sorry, he's in fourth, but he's 21 seconds down. He's in fourth. Who's in second, then? I forget. Let's see. Yeah. I don't know. Any which way. Well, anyway. Sagan is no slouch in the TT. No. I think but, it's. I think the story here is that apparently the only guy GVA can beat in a sprint is Peter Sagan. <laughs> is, is only the world champ. All he can do is beat Sagan. I mean, if oh. you can only beat one guy, it's, it might, always, might as well be Sagan. Cause, Stybar. Like, Stybar is second. Stybar is second. Seven seconds. Okay. What, so I think this has been a more exciting race because of the lack of the mountain stage. And because yeah. we've got these classics guys, like today was a pretty boring stage on paper, but because you had all these classics guys so close on the GC, they were all willing to ride where usually you would have had just TJ sitting in saving the legs for tomorrow. Yeah, true. It was it was exciting. I kind of think they should keep the hills out of Torino. Just make it a like a week-long race for the hard men, pre-Milanza and Remo, personally. I agree. I think I think the sprinters need a stage race. You know, Paris is going on. That's kind of for the climber guys. Like, yeah. they got Anko, maybe Anko Tour, Anko Tour, whatever. I mean, there's yeah. still like too much. It's later in the year. Yeah. So the the big news, of course, is the canceled stage on Sunday, which would have brought the big mountain pass. They were going over the what the Stelvio. I don't I know believe, what they were going over. Something, something ridiculous. With snow on it. And you know, and then there is the whole hubbub about that with Nibali showing with his manager showing texting pictures tweeting pictures of the finish clear of snow and of course saying like oh we could have raced here yeah and then he goes out publicly on cycling news and there's a press release about how he's saying he might not do the giro now because they may cancel stages because of the snow they for surely will it's the giro they do every year <laughs> and then you have uh yeah. probably new favorite uh slow ride podcast uh racer from Erika greenedge um Matt Bramier, I don't even know this guy. Do you guys know him? Yeah, he's from a Dimension Data. Sure, we've Dim- talked Dimension about Data. him in length yeah. on this podcast. He's yeah. won I'm gonna, I'm gonna a remind considerable you. amount of alcohol. That's right. That's him. Do yeah. you remember? I think so. The man who won the the intermediate at the Olympics. No. no. Oh no no the guy that won at the beer the in his waist. Yeah, he won yeah, an yeah. intermediate sprint for beer yeah. at the Olympics. <laughs> That no, I was thinking of the Dutch rough. guy that got kicked out of uh, the Olympics when he was too d- drunk after he won the team pursuit. But yeah, I, no. I hear what you're saying. Wrong guy. So yeah, this is the guy that won his weight in beer. Yeah. yeah, and he's not a light guy. What? No. No, I like this guy. So he tweets out, better you stay home and skip the whole season, you narrow-minded, <laughs> selfish moron. Do you think and he, he's going to get his wheel chopped tomorrow? And he like... <laughs> so I took a screen grab, because I'm, I'm willing to bet that this is... Like, there's a good chance that this one's been deleted by now. I don't know. Like, I think I saw that Tony Martin favorited it. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, so he retweeted it. He retweeted yeah. it. Tony Martin retweeted it. Yeah. That's fucking craziness. He retweeted it and was like, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I don't, you see, I understand why they're, they find it annoying, Nibali, but I can understand Nibali and these other GC guys' positions in that, like, they, they can't make the race. If those stages aren't there, and if the chance of those stages being there is like diminishing, diminishing, like it's not a race for them anymore, you know. Like yeah. if they took out the cobbled stage at the tour, you know, all the all the classics guys would be mad. Dude, that tweet still up. So congratulations, Matt. <laughs> is it Brammeyer? It's got to be Brammeyer. He's Irish. He's the five-time Irish I've national cycling champ. I've always heard it champ. said Brammeyer or something. Like Brammeyer. 
Anyways, yeah, he's one of my favorites. Because not only did he take it off, it's got 210 retweets and 500 likes. Like, that's some high-quality mm-hmm. Twitter uh, Twitter love there. I, like, You know, the reason I, I side with Nibali <laughs> in, in a little bit of a way is because oh, no. my favorite cyclist, Lorne Fignon, would have another Giro in the record books if it wasn't for stages being uh and i'm using air quotes here canceled because of snow so that so that fucking moser that jackass doping goofy wheel riding asshole could win the fucking race and then they could have helicopters fly down on on finyon and bro- blow air at him so i'm just saying they sh- when they cancel stages sometimes guys that don't deserve to win win and true champions with sweet ponytails and headbands don't win. Okay. Well, thanks for clarifying with the ponytails and the headbands, because so, I thought for a second you were talking just about Nibali. Yeah. But. Nibali, you know, maybe if he grew a ponytail, things would be a little better for him. Um, <laughs> he would but. look terrible with the ponytail. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's funny that, like, he apparently has put his foot in it in the Peloton. You know what I mean? Like, people don't have that respect for the former tour winner you know that that we always hear about like this reverence like oh he's a patron of the peloton people are like shut up you know like it's interesting yeah. right like he's he's definitely taken contador's place as the villain in the peloton i think see i oh, but i don't yeah. think guys dislike contador anymore i think i think right people generally and then like valverde contador. was maybe the the next villain. oh no everyone loves him now well, yeah, well, everyone loves Valverde now because they respect him. They listen to the podcast. Because we've, like, oh, we've changed their minds. Well, I think all Nibali has to do is win Milan San Remo this coming Saturday. And, <laughs> and that will be gone. Everyone okay. will have respect. He'll go on like a like a 20K solo move. And then like everyone will be like, okay, you know what? I thought he was a jerk, but like that was classy. It was gutsy. The shark of wherever is brutal. Yay. <laughs> the shark. So – all right, and then we we talked about Torino. Who's going to win the trophy, you know, the greatest trophy ever? Yeah. And then we've got Paris-Nice, well, where the big story in Paris-Nice is that the stage got canceled halfway through, and then during the stage when it was happening, there was all types of tweets and riders that weren't at the race complaining about it, team directors. You had Swanier's up in the feed zones having snowball fights. And then they finally canceled the stage. But it was like, oh, maybe we're going to neutralize it till 30K to go. And they were trying to work all different angles, and they finally just stopped it. Yeah. Um, so kind of a di- two different ways to handle a race. They knew that there was going to be snow at Paris-Nice on that stage that they decided to keep riding through, whereas in the Giro, RCS promotions uh, just canceled it outright. So was ASO mm-hmm. just uh, playing with fire there? I think they just – I think every <laughs> ASO stage of Paris-Nice, right? Every stage of Perinese could be snowed out, so I think yeah. they're kind of more willing to just like roll the dice because it's well, Perinese. The, the, it's like the, the show must weather. go on, you know. The show must go on. You know, like the guys complain, but if it hadn't been bad, you'd have all these guys complaining, like oh, I need the training miles. You know, like half yeah. the peloton's just there to get like Tom Boone and to get you know miles in the legs and hopefully not get in any trouble and break their collarbones again or whatever he broke last. <laughs> For a second there, when you said Paris Nice and not getting any trouble, I was thinking of like nightlife after the race yeah <laughs> the nightlife in like central french farming villages i'm sure were the were the most <laughs> stages of that when it ends in in, in nice i'm sure that there's some partying because obviously it's, it's on the 
it's on the coast. But uh, did you guys see the final stage? It was dramatic as always. Oh, it was pretty awesome. It was good. I mean, it was like it was good. we say, Considor, former villain of the Peloton. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was it was beautiful on on. You know, that race not just great. the final was, stage. The day before, he that, was going after the time bonuses. Well, like, yeah, it was exciting. Uh, and this, I got, whoever that dude from Astana that won stage six, who's yeah. former U23 champ, that was pretty impressive. I mean, I know he's on Astana and all, and we and he's like Kazakhstani, and so we were all like immediately like, ah, oh, well, he's dirty. But it was an impressive win. Uh, well, I think Paris Nice uh, highlights for me another new villain, at least personally, who I just. I begrudgingly, like, I'm trying to figure out if I need to respect him as a GC rider. Is Ugh. is Thomas? You know, Garrett Thomas. What? I, I mean, I know he's win. on Sky, but like, he's act, like, there's really no reason to dislike him other than the Sky thing. Because no, like, he's 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 an aggressive rider. Like <laughs> I know, but he's an aggressive rider, and like, I mean, he put on a good ride. Like, yeah. No, it's true. He took it to the line on the on the mountain stage in stage five or whatever. Like he did all the work. It was the stork of of super rookie or whatever that dude's name is, who like sat on his wheel and it. stole stole the limelight. <laughs> so sounds good to me. I was uh, your boy Zacharin. You're uh, the guy that we all assumed would get popped and invalidate all your like uh, picks for the Giro last year, but he didn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who won yeah. stage five? But yeah, I can't figure out exactly why I want to not like Garen Thomas or yeah. in, or his newfound ability to be a climber and and all that. But yeah, I have no basis. It's just like a gut feeling. <laughs> I have, you know, my big takeaway from Paris Nice, um, besides not watching it because I'm a mm-hmm. Torino kind of guy. It's a big uh-huh. takeaway. Uh, was the announcement of the soon to be announcement of the Katusha Lifestyle Clothing brand? Are you fucking kidding me? What? No. Yes. So Katusha at Tour of Flanders, well, they announced that at Tour of Flanders, they're going to be unveiling the Katusha, like, basic lifestyle, clothing, and fashion brand. That's exciting. Um, What? Basically trying to get rid of, like, you know, the Katusha image. Yeah. Of of being the Russian, like, mafia team and into, like, you know, kind of more... You know, Rafa, like in Rock and more Republic. Like Let's put it Rock right. Republic. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so, assuming that it's going to be so the big K. The big K is going to be uh, coming a brand for everybody. What? So I'm assuming it's going to look like what former Russian mobsters would wear when they move to Nice or somewhere else on the coast, yeah, or in the Mediterranean. Like it's so, going to be like, like, um, like you said, Rock and Republic jeans, a fucking gaudy belt. A shirt that's Tom not Hardy buttoned shirt. enough. Yeah, Tom Hardy um, shirt. Yeah, no, you're getting you're getting pretty into the Italian thing there. I think. Yeah, right I'm pretty sure I'm that Russian hearing... mobsters try to dress like fucking <laughs> Italian mobsters. Could be. No, and Italian mobsters, I, I'm sure, dress way better than Russian. I want to hear how much velour is going to be in this line. Oh, that's what I want to know. It's, you're well, right. The casual I, part of this line is going to be comfortable. Yeah. Because when you're sitting around, just like playing poker in a back room with a prostitute on each arm, you want to be comfortable. <laughs> oh man so anyways we have that to look forward to at tour of flanders one of uh-huh. the, the monuments of cycling and there is the biggest monument of cycling my favorite monument of cycling coming up mm. this sunday japan saturday. already is saturday. it saturday you saturday. should yes. you should definitely not wait till sunday to watch this one this i will is definitely the one. be watching it saturday. this is the weird yeah. one that's always on saturday that's right 
Milan San Remo, and it all comes down to the Poggio. And so that means we're going to be running a 16th place contest. Make sure that you let us know on Twitter, hashtag 16th place, yep. on who is going to get 16th place at Milan San Remo. Past 16th place winners have won signed jerseys from uh, Trek Factory Racing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we, you know, racers that have gotten 16th place have gone on to bigger and better things, like Edward Thunes. Yep. Yep. So there's a lot going on in the uh, the world of cycling. So do you guys have um, picks for 16th place and then picks for the win at Milan San Remo or anything else you want to talk about going into the race? I've well, I gotta say, looking at the start list, uh, there's about 150 guys that can win. There's so many good riders in this race. But yeah, I got picks. If, if you guys are ready, uh, I can tell I, you. I actually disagree 100 percent with you, little guy. Oh my god! I look at the starting list and I see one guy that can win this race. Yeah, Just who's one. that? Who's that? I want to hear what Tim has to say. <laughs> All right, Tim, the, go the, first. The winner, the winner of the race? Let's do, or do let's, we want to go 16th let's place? Let's do winners, and then let's do 16th place. <laughs> winner well, of the race well, is definitely... How do, you wait, think, how do you think this race is going to play out, Tim? I, I want to hear the whole spiel. No, so, no you so set it up. The, the way the race is going to play out is the way it always does, where there's going to be an attack on the Poggio. They're going to get caught about 500 yards from the finish after the descent, and so we a group sprint. Okay. And then uh, maybe there's some attacking going on at the end or whatever, but I've got my pick on who's going to win. Okay. Well, I think this race is going to be decided. It's going to be a bunch sprint. <laughs> this race is, is, is about the Poggio, right? So it's about a quick ascent, but it's not about being really first over the top or, or being ahead of the pack over the top. It's about the descent of the Poggio, which is insane and twisty and fast, and you need balls of steel. And then you're not quite to the finish line when you hit the bottom. You got to be able to TT it out and possibly sprint against anybody else you're there with in a small group. There is one man that can win this race. And how do you think the race is going to play out, little oh guy? Oh my god, so much buildup. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a sprint between like five guys, and and I've got a total dark horse who I okay. think is going to win it. Well, Timmy, All right. who's your pick, Tim? My pick for the win, my pick for the win is going to be current, reigning, and defending Madison World Champion Mark Cavendish of Dimension Data, mm. coming off of a great run <laughs> at the Track World Championships. This, I think I a, think he's going to take the win. It's a ballsy a pick. Huge I think he's got it. From things I've heard you say in the past, that is a ballsy pick considering. I think I I would place him third on that team. Of riders who I think will win this race, but whatever. That, uh, nope. Yeah, I know you probably got Boston Hagen over yeah. him, but and no. I, I got the Steve Cavendish, over him, too. Cavendish like is going to look at him, and he's going to say, you see these? You see these? Yeah. Stripes. Work for oh, me. I thought he was pointing at his arms that look kind of just exactly like your arms, which is the weird thing. Yeah. Oh, no. Nobody nobody can see the video call that we're yeah, looking yeah. at here, little guy. So, so who, who do you got, uh, <clears throat> little guy? Well, I'm going to go with a super dark horse. I'm going to go... Small group gets over, bunch of big names, and then there's one dude on Trek, and everyone's going to be like, is that Cancellara? No. Is it Fabio Fellini? No, it's not. Is it Gregory Rast? No. Is it Yaroslav Popovich? No, 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 no. He's at home already. Is it Thunes? <laughs> no. It's Nicolo Bonifazio. Bonifazio. <laughs> he got – he was on Lamprey last year. He got fifth last year. Total sleeper pick. Now he's on Trek. I think he's going to be like – Secret, right. secret rider up there for track. 
Can I pull the? Is big he going to be the guy that gets picked with the motor on his bike? No. And then, like, like they gave it to him to see, like, if he can get away with it, no. and then next year Cancelar has uh, got it. No, next year Cancelar is going to be at home. Uh, oh, that's right. No, I think he's going to be good though. I think, and just looking at the start list, one rider I want to say for sure: one Tintin Revelin is going to show himself. It's going to be nice. But two, oh, it, Enrico, he's be awesome. Enrico Bataglin. <laughs> no, no. Revelin's Enri- gonna be that guy that attacks on the Chipressa. Oh yeah, totally. And it's like solo between the Chipressa yeah. and the Poggio, and, and I'm gonna go nuts. Right <laughs> I'm gonna go nuts. It's gonna be so great. Oh my god, I can't and wait. We'll to all be on the people. phone. It's gonna yeah. be great. Um, Enrico Bataglin used to be on little Italian team, but now he's on Lotto, and I bet he's been just. This How is his did whole he get season. on Lotto? He's like the one Italian guy on Lotto. I'm sure that Bianchi made it happen. Who do you uh who do you got, Spencer? Well, this race <clears throat> this race is gonna be won in dominating fashion with a ridiculous descent, no fear, a a short time trial of a couple K, and then, you know, probably no sprint at the end because no one else would be there. But if there happens to be somebody on the wheel, Peter Sagan will make short order of them and win All his race. That. I knew you were going to say that the whole freaking time. Yeah, I mean, there's no other man that can win this race. No, here's here's one problem with that. Uh, Peter Sagan has one weakness, and it's called Greg Von Aramont. That's true. And he's going to be there in the final. He's riding really well. He's doing the race. What are you going to do about that little problem? I mean, I think, are we also... I think it's long, it's long overdue that the BMC curse gets him this year, and something terrible you... will happen. It's art. You no, think the that, BMC curse is God. fully on Gilbert right now because he sucks this year. It's also on T on TJ Vanguard well, and Broken Spoke today. It is. Do I you mean, guys notice TJ like can get really close to a win. Like he can be like a day away from any sort of GC win, and he immediately like like his bike falls apart, or like his shoe falls off, or like he runs into <laughs> like a cat on the road or something. I'm it's the ghost of Floyd things. Landis. It's the ghost. Yeah. I think it's probably the ghost of George Hincabby. <laughs> Yes, oh, could be. you think so? All right. So I got the. Uh, are we are we doing a disservice to our listeners by not even mentioning Kristoff? Because I think Kristoff's got to be a favorite. I don't think he's been. This. I mean, he's been riding Kiewikowski, pretty well, but Kiewikowski was showing pretty well here yeah, the last true. couple of days. That's true. I mean, I put either of them on the podium. That's you know. Dude. Yeah. I mean, you asked for winners. And, yeah, uh, let's let's say sixteens. Yeah. All right, sixteenth place. Uh, so, for those that don't know, sixteenth place, we've chosen the sixteenth place because that is the position that champions really finish in. <laughs> it means that you're showing yourself early in the race. You're up there in the pack. A little too early, but yeah. And you, yeah, definitely a little too early. But you're still maybe sprinting for the end. And sixteenth place is where the glory is because there's always going to be like a lot of solid people in the top fifteen, but sixteenth. You're a hero. Yeah, the working man's hero. Yeah. Sure. The working man's hero. So I'm going to go first with my 16th place pick. It's from Lotto Sudal, and it's going to be Tony Gallopin. Oh. And the reason why is that he's a solid 16th place kind of guy. You're kind of like, oh, I forgot about him. And he's always up there, and he does pretty well. He's going to be in that group. And uh, he's going to maybe pull back Consolara or, or you know someone trying to, trying to attack, and he's going to get caught 500 yards from the finish before the group sprint coast across the line in 16th place. Hmm. Well, that's pick. that's a weird pick because I don't know how this is going to work out because I think same team Tim Wellens is going to be 16th place, kind of the same scenario. So I hope I hope Tim doesn't pull Tony or something and get 15 and mess us up. But I think Tim <laughs> Wellens is also going to be there. He's going to put in a big attack. Tony Gallopin will be like, "What?" 
and Tim Wellens will run away. And you then, think there'll be a bike throw for 16th place? Because yeah. that's the ultimate goal, right? The ultimate goal is that we get to the point that the bike throw. Well, the pro guys I are throwing so. their bikes for 16th Especially place. Especially that they're teammates. I hope they want to fight over it. That'd be great. Spencer, do you want to pick another rider on the same team so we can have a three-way competition between uh, the teams? I have to look at the start list, but uh, my my pick was not on the Lotto team. Oh, uh, there goes Jurgen. There goes Jurgen Rollins. Dude, they got yeah. they got Jurgen Rollins. They got Greipel. I, I could see Siberg, uh, Marcel Siberg, finishing sixteenth. You know what? The I'm entire Lotto team could finish sixteenth or better. That's pretty much what they've set themselves up for. They <laughs> yeah. do they have? Any, they don't have Anyways. anyone to work. All they have is team leaders. What's uh, going on? Yeah. Who do you got, Spencer? So uh, my pick is like a sprinter because I think you know it's a sprinter's classic, obviously. They can all get over the Poggio, no problem. But it's it's about finding that tier of sprinter that's not really going to make the cut at the finish, but can still beat the second group on the road or the third group on the road. And so I'm going with Sky's uh, sprinter, Ben Swift, in 16th place. What? Ooh. All right, that's Ooh. pretty good. More than Viviani, huh? Ah, uh, Viviani will be he'll be the guy that led out Viviani into the finale and then sits up a little bit and has to sprint for that sixteenth place. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he quickly uh, does okay. the math, looks around, I, uh, goes, Oh shit, I gotta sprint sixteenth. Yeah. I was kinda torn between uh, Ben Swift or picking uh Daniele Bonatti, uh having just let out mm-hmm. Peter Sagan for the win. So could be either one. So be a uh, I'm super excited for Milan San Remo. Um there is not a women's Milan San Remo. No. Mm-hmm. Which is, is fairly disappointing, and that would be well, great to. Uh, you know, if you rode three hundred k as a woman, your uterus would just fall out. Really? That's what I read. Oh, that's in science, the, uh, hey? That's what yeah. I read in the I, the U, the the IOC uh, manual. Remember yeah. when they used to say that like women couldn't do ski jumping? Like that was. <laughs> it was really? Like, yeah, and that was like one of the reasons. Was like, well, the medical um, reason. So. Yeah. Um, hey, let's uh, take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We got some listener questions and uh, some other things going on. Excellent. This is Eric Saunders. You're listening to the Slow Life Podcast. Break music. This is the break music. All right, guys. So thanks for uh, listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Um, quick update. You can always email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. You can always find us on Twitter at the Slow Ride Podcast. Lots of fire going on on Twitter the last few weeks. We also <laughs> want to announce that we have a new um, platform of listening. We're now part of the Wide Angle Podium Network, mm-hmm. uh, which... Uh, is new and uh, Spencer, you want to explain it to us, please? Yeah, sure. Um, so the Wide Angle Podium Network is a uh, kind of a collection of uh, podcasts that are cycling related, at least for now. Um, and uh, we're all kind of banding together into a collective uh, to kind of, you know, share our resources and kind of uh, hopefully get get you all interested in in supporting all of us <laughs> in what we're doing because uh, nobody's out here getting rich uh you don't hear advertisements on our show or or any of these other shows on the network so check them out a lot of good shows we'll talk more about it later uh towards the end of the episode but uh wideanglepodium.com uh it's new home for all things awesome podcast 
I'm really excited to be part of a network yeah. that has Kids Don't Follow and the Crosshairs podcast, one of my uh, favorite uh, two podcasts to listen to, um, especially during cyclocross season coming out of the D.C. area. So very exciting stuff. Um, we did get a nice email from uh, Andy Poorman out of Portland, Oregon, and he says, Hey, guys, when's it okay to go um, fully kitted out and like her on a bike? On one end of the spectrum, is a drunken ride two blocks on a bike share bike? The other end of the spectrum... Stage 19 of the tour. Somewhere in between, I think I have to ditch my full Team Oscar Mayer wiener kit and go with some skinny jeans and engineer's hat. But where is the line? Clearly my 15-mile commute counts, right? Right? So what do you think? At what point are you wearing a full kit on your commute, and at what point are you wearing the jeans and the outfit? Wow. I don't know if I can answer this exactly, but I can uh, relate. Because I just recently moved, and my commute went from four and a half miles to ten miles. Um, and I used to just commute in in, in jeans and, uh, you know, regular clothes at four and a half miles. And now suddenly, at ten miles, eh, getting a little, like, well, on the edge of comfort there, you know. So I've uh, I've adopted the, the bibs underneath some stealth street clothes. Okay, so you're wearing you're wearing bibs under the street clothes at this point at ten yeah. miles. At this point, okay. I'm I'm looking at uh, you know cleverly concealed lycra. Hmm. Like I don't want to go full on yet. Now, little guy, you're still a courier in downtown Minneapolis. Yep. Um, are you ever wearing full kit like where the moose knuckles hanging out, and you're walking up the uh, U.S. Bank Tower, and you're like, hey, and you've got your little fanny pack on, or are you uh, still rocking the uh, the dickies? Uh, I never had dickies, and. <laughs> Or the Carhartt look. Um, I just wear I clothes. I wear like normal, normal, normal no clothes. No chamois? No I never was into that chamois underneath the street clothes crap that you weirdos were into. You Half the job is walking. Half the job is biking. Half the job mm. then is miserable. No, no. Chamois no, time is training so time. Walking. Half, <laughs> half the job is walking. Half the job is sitting in the coffee shop. No. And half the job is riding your bike. Um, you should check your math. <laughs> no, you should but, check your math. No, I never, so, um, I just wear clothes. Um, if at all possible, I err on the side of just wearing shorts, like, at a ridiculous temp that I would never wear shorts in any so, other situation I wear shorts. To, so to the work. problem to me with, with wearing a kit into work, no matter how long your, your commute was, is that when you get to work... You're in, a, you're in a kit. Yeah, you, you know, gotta like, change. Usually, gotta like walk into the lobby. You gotta, yeah, you're gonna have to interact with somebody. Like, very few people have a situation where they're rolling in through the back door directly into the locker room, you know, and being able to change and shower and come out like looking like a regular person. Um, if yeah. that's the case, well, man, wear the kit all the time. Whatever. Yeah, true. And what Andy uh, continues in his question, though, afterwards, so like. I would say 15 miles seems to be the the cutoff for me. Like if you're yeah. if you're riding more than 15 miles, that's like pretty much that's true. an hour in the street, like with commute yep. and lights and whatnot. That's about an yeah. hour ride. So my, yeah, my I would think if you're doing an hour, you need to 15. wear a you need to wear a kit if you're doing an hour. Yep, I agree. So yeah, it's fine. Andy goes what, Andy goes on and he says, "Hey, but also just where you live determine where this line is. Yes, you read that right. Those of us in Portland can ride no less than a metric century if we want to ditch the 28C tires, fenders, and a front basket. But in Italy, 
It seems you can ride two blocks of 7-Eleven in a full-on pink Il Parada Jira replica kit. So does where you live determine how long the ride needs to be to wear a chamois? Well, I think in a in a way it does. I feel like if you were just riding in, in, in nice weather, then just wear some street clothes most of the time. But I'd say it's almost more important to, like, kit up in some, some tech goodies if you're living, you know, here in Minnesota. And you've got you got a 10-mile commute in Minnesota. You can't just put on your office clothes, you know? Yeah. And ride in because most of the time you're going to be fucking filthy when you get there. you got to wear, like, your rain pants and you got to put your booties on and all this shit. You might as well kit up underneath it. It's true. You can be comfortable right. underneath. So I think it's it's more important to kit up in winter. But yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, if you're on the south coast of France, you just, like, why don't you want to be in a kit? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you you're live walking in that kit, yeah. You're walking downstairs to get your newspaper, you're putting yeah. the kit on. Yeah, like, yeah. You, want, you want people to see <laughs> the guns. You want them to see the, the well-tanned, well-oiled, already imbricated <laughs> legs as you walk out to get the uh, the morning paper. You know what I mean? Like, so you... <laughs> people have more respect for it there, I think. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, you know. And we had uh, we had one other question from Paul Buchanan, a longtime listener of Slow Ride Podcast, now living out in uh, Seattle, Washington. Hmm. Um, moved from uh, Minneapolis, living out there. And he says, hey, so you show up on a group ride. It's wet or raining, and everyone you're riding with shows up with full cover fenders. Yeah. You're the Hubbard who shows up with a set of, with the seat post mounted strap or flap. Yeah, go home. Should you sit at the back <laughs> of the group, or should you try to lead out the whole time, giving everyone a, in the ride a grime shower? I especially, I have to imagine, especially in Seattle, in an area where there is a lot of r- rain and a lot of shit flying off tires, that you would just be like 86 from the group ride for the rest of your life after doing that. Like yeah. maybe in in like in like Florida in Tim Zone, I would say whatever, give them a pass. <laughs> but in Seattle, I feel like they'd look at you and be like, "This is the stupidest person in the world." They're never coming on our group ride ever again. They're obviously a moron and they don't understand social cues. Yeah, yeah. So they're I feel, gone. I feel like you could definitely sit on the back of that group and be like, "Oh, hey, I'm from out of town. Yeah, it yeah. would be fine." But yeah, if you rotate through to the front, you're not. You probably just shouldn't go back for your safety. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would tell you to go to the back of the group. Yeah, like I don't like if everybody else shows up with full fenders, they are. It, it's like them saying, "I don't want your crap sprayed in my face." Right. Yeah. So, what would you do, little guy? Like, would you say something if someone went to the front? Yeah, I'd say, "Hey, get off the front! You're spraying me with your stupid fender." Or lack of fender. Well, yeah. Use, use I say, this. hey, get a real fender. <laughs> Don't go on a ride anymore. I'm pretty sure you've said that to me before. I have. Yeah. We'd go on rides, and I'd be the only one with full fenders, which um, aren't as helpful when everybody else just has a road bike in January, and it's like puddles everywhere. Yeah. Weirdos. Well, <laughs> I solved that problem. So, Spencer, do you have any good group rides this weekend? Or Oh, uh, before you get into your story this week, we got lots of tweets this week. We did get one from Colin Hurley, and this is a really disappointing one, is that it's of a podium bike in Sacramento, California. What was up with that? What, it, it's disgusting that podium bikes have now gotten to California. Yeah. And speaking of California, did you see this Bobby is, Lee, former Olympic, former U.S. Olympic uh, 
uh, track racer who was suspended got second place at a pretty big crit to Justin Williams, so he's back racing. <laughs> but yeah, podium bikes everywhere now. Podium bikes. They're worse than the than the uh, Zerka virus that's going around, you know? Like, it's more <laughs> infectious. It's going to ruin things quicker than that's ruining the Olympics. This is, this is a serious thing. I think we need to get uh, some authorities involved. At Brad Walker tweets and says, Hey, I w- waved at all the passing riders on Zwift today. Nobody waved back. Ugh. Figures. Figures. Yep. That's what happens. But if there was a... Uh, if there was the... Um, the phone throw or the uh, the throw the water bottle throwing app. I bet you you could get now, into it. You see, you you mentioned that tweet from Brad, and he followed that tweet up maybe a day later. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but he said he went for a fat bike ride, and he gets it now. Ooh. He understands the hype. Oh, and let All me right. just uh, let me just say unfollow. Let me just say, put connect the dots there. Connect the dots. You're on Zwift. You're Swift. waving at people. They're not waving back, and you're like. Uh, I guess, whatever, I guess I'll go ride a fat bike then. We're, we're creating the monster. Uh, we're creating We are creating ourselves. Yes. We are Paul is coming from inside the house. enemy, you guys. You oh, gotta no. wave. <laughs> Waving is important. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> what's fueling the fat bike nation. It's, I guess. You, you heard that little guy. Like, we're creating our own monsters. It's from inside the house. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys notice the, uh, have you seen the new cat-like? Um, helmet that movie stars wear in the Arrow one. How could I miss it? Oh like my on, god! On when they're teaching, or uh, no, it's like the Sprinters kind of Arrow helmet. So basically, <laughs> have a Sprinter. The best way to explain this little guy, <laughs> look, I want you to turn around because I know you're in your, uh, I know you're in your uh, kitchen, and you got your cheese grater there, right? Yeah. And you're looking at the cheese grater side that's got the really big openings, yeah. and you're looking at it. It's and a you're like, helmet. I like hey. It. That's that's the good size that's a good of the cheese grater, right? Oh, it's yeah, like it's the big, helmet. it's the wide ones for the cheese it's, slices. No, 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 no. What you do is you turn it over, and is what Mitch Hedberg used to say. It's the sponge. It's it's, it's the sponge ruiner side of the uh, the cheese grater. You know that really finely, uh, you can just really get those nice small strands mm-hmm. from the top of your pasta. Yeah, but you can never. It looks like that. Ever. Look up the new cat like helmet. Movie stars wearing them, and oh my god, oh, well. it is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna it Google is the it craziest right looking thing. Uh, okay. So, Tim, I don't know how we've made it like 40 minutes or so into this podcast without you freaking out about the uh, the motor doping thing that has broken this week again with the with the resolution coming to a closure. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel satisfied with this result or what? Well, I think it's total crap the way that they were going after her to try to say that she needed a lifetime ban and $50,000 euro fine and then she drops out of the case because she finally is like fine I'm just going to retire rather than go into the hearing which I think is also you know kind of lame take your ball go home like she should go face the consequences but a lifetime ban I mean I think a four year ban like you treat it just like EPO doping is the way to do it I mean, that's my feeling on the whole thing. And going for her head, because it's obviously part of a systematic problem, and she didn't do it on her own. Well, this is like, th- so there you, has been motor doping going on for a long time, and it's still happening, and it's so shady. You don't, you don't subscribe to the, we need to really crush the first person that we catch with this so that nobody else does it. No, I don't. Because okay. I think it's the All same right. type of crime as putting a needle in your arm that's got something illegal. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that, Tim. I I agree. The whole it's, going after the first person extra hard thing it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't do anything. It sounds tough. It sounds like something a politician would say. Yeah. Speaking of doping, yeah, let's just interject this here before we get back to this uh, answer about the motor doping. Did you see that it's like the 10 year anniversary now of Puerto? Yeah, and the bags or, are sorry, still in limbo, and the bags are still there. Yeah. I guess it's not. Has it been 10 years? Yeah, 2005. And it's like the bags are still around. They're still in limbo. And you had 99 athletes that have tested positive for this drug melanin or whatever that was ba- that is made in the Ukraine mm-hmm. and it's or in Ukraine, sorry. And it's where uh, it's what Sharapova got popped with the tennis player yeah. mm-hmm. and lost all her sponsorships, and she admitted to it. There's tons of people, and now they're saying Porto the blood bags they're going to retroactively test that actually have contain a lot of uh, soccer players' blood, which has always been kind of the the bigger underlying story that it wasn't just uh, cyclists. Yeah. So that that thing keeps rearing its ugly head, yeah. and it's never going to go but away. It just, but it also feels like it's never going to go away. But it's never going to actually do anything. You know, How, who's yeah. who's got in trouble for this? Valverde's got in trouble for this. Scarponi. Tyler Scarponi took a ban. But did Tyler get in trouble for it? Really? Oh, yeah, right. like the he got busted. Ulrich. Tyler got busted separately. But like, I don't think yeah. Porto ever hurt him, did it? It hurt Ulrich the most. Like, I mean, yeah, Ulrich, Basso, and Mancebo got kicked out of the tour, and that would have been your podium that year. You know, I still have that. Uh, I still have that adult magazine from uh, Spain where it has like the feature on Puerto that has all of, like the yeah. the pictures of the blood bags, and then it's also a Playboy, and it's really strange. But I still have it on my bookshelf. And people come over right next and to the it's bed, right huh? near the guest bed. It's right next <laughs> to the guest bed. Uh-huh. And, That's nice um, of you. <laughs> yeah, you know, like anything. Yeah. So, uh, hey, look, it's Tyler. So, if you guys ever want to come down and visit, it's right there for you. That's yeah. Just one more I'm... reason to come down and visit. Yeah. I gotta say, huh? You got a box of Kleenex in that room too? No. <laughs> well, what the fuck? Now you're just being a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So, classic um, Timmy. Yeah. Well, I don't play that. <laughs> so. The, the motorized doping, she quits the sport, which is so, lame. I feel so, bad for her. And this is the thing. I, she quits the sport. She's run out. Like, regardless of your thoughts on, you know, whether or not the the punishment was going to fit the crime, she mm-hmm. was done with the sport, right? Like, she's either banned and done or she quits and she's done, right? Yeah. But then, also this week, we get, like, an announcement, like, uh, on Cycling News, I saw Bobby Julik is taking a, a secondary DS role with an American team for the Tour of California. Oh, it seems really pumped. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say we you Skype in Christian Klemp here and see how he how, feels about this. Yeah. So, how do these... I'm right now, I'm looking at the Bobby Julik on the podium poster that I have. Oh, the Tour podium. People forget. Right, yeah. like the the podium of 1998. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hero. Uh, that Top place American. Tons of sense. Well, third place. <laughs> anyway, how the guys like that who had a career, who built their career, whose only reason they were on that podium is because a bunch of dopers got kicked out, and they were also doping, but didn't get kicked out. Yeah. Did he ever get popped? You know, no. Yeah. Did he? Post. Well, post. I don't, he, I don't know if he got popped or he just admitted he to popped. it. He admitted, but I don't think he ever Either got way, popped during his career. Yeah. It's common knowledge at this well, point. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. I don't know. Well, I just think it's one of those things that maybe he just admitted to be part of the Cool Kids Club. Well, you know, he's like, man, I've never gotten my name in the paper before, <laughs> even though I got third in the tour. Like, everyone else is admitting. It was part of yeah, his long-running feud with Lance Armstrong. 
Yeah. Yeah, I dope I mean, too. It's... Fucking Lance. <laughs> Wait, did he have a feud with Lance? I don't think they liked each other. Because they were like really? the two GC hopeful. Like, Bobby was the GC hopeful after 98, and then he had a shitty 99 tour. I think he crashed out or some shit. And then, oh, here comes this little Texan asshole stealing his <laughs> limelight. And Bobby was mad for a few years, and he went to CSC, and he found the sauce again. Yeah, he was always on the uh, the opposing Lance team, too. He was, yeah. he was on uh, Credit Agricole for a while, so he might have been not clean, but semi-clean. Clean enough to not be able to win shit, and then he went to CSC and got fast again. Yeah. So, all right, well, now, Spencer, he's leading a junior team? Not a junior team, no, just a, just a U.S. team. But, uh, well, you know, guys like that with that kind of history getting, you know, in the sport, no problem. Like it doesn't. Nobody really bats an eye. You know, uh, gorgeous George is still involved listening. in the sport. I, w- well, I wasn't listening. What team is Julik running? I would have to pull up the article, and I don't have it in front of me. Well, I mean, the problem is pretty much everyone that runs any team has some sort of doping pass because they've been involved with the sport for more than ten years. You know. So here's the thing: Would you let this girl who quit her cyclocross career coach a cyclocross team? Because yes. she wasn't winter bands doping. up, yeah. She was motor winter doping. Bands up. Winter bands up, winter yeah. Bands up. I mean, it sucks. So here's the thing: regard, is she might just retire and come back in two years. But in She's that regard, pull a Mancebo. In that regard, is that was, is motor uh, yeah. doping worse or not as bad as regular same. doping? Because you mm. wouldn't be training kids on how to inject fucking EPO, right? Yeah, and the, so the technology would be so different in four years, she wouldn't even be able to tell them how to motor dope. She'd be like, yeah, it, it, I, my uh, iOS is too old. My app doesn't yeah, work anymore. Fucking, it's like fucking nanotubes or something. I don't even know these kids these days. Yeah, so. What is this? Oh, that's a flip phone. <laughs> yeah. You know what would be funny? You, you know what would be a good joke? There's some pretty fat tubes on these phone, on these bikes these days. Just put a flip phone like on your bottom bracket, like just inside <laughs> the tube. And then when you know you're going to get tested, and then the, the guys are testing it, and they're like, pull that out. What is that? And it's just a fucking like, Nokia flip phone like, from 98. Oh, they're there like, it, it doesn't even have service. What the <laughs> fuck is this in here for? And it's just got snake still going around. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I had to get uh, over the weight minimum. <laughs> so, so I put my old brick phone in there. I put my there. old brick in there, yeah. really weighs it down nicely. Yeah. Hey, that was in the news a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? The UCI is going to be redoing the weight minimum requirement on a bike. They were yeah, talking about that, talking yeah. Talking about it. Yeah. They were. Did you guys, I got a thing that goes with with the, the motor doping. There was an article a few weeks ago that was like, watch this amateur racer beat... Uh, Johan Museo, speaking of former dopers, up yep. a hill using a motorized bike. Did you see that? Nope. Never even no. heard about this it. Is, this is the most John Stossel fucking bike racing related test of all time. They took an amateur Who's cyclist. John what? Who's John Stossel? You don't remember John Stossel from like 60 Minutes or whatever? He was the one who was always like... How can you sell, say that Cuba's poor? They've got more 58 Chevys than anybody. 58 Chevys are worth a lot <laughs> that of money. Like, that sounds like Mickey Rudy or whatever. Yeah, Andy Rudy. he was like that. John Stossel, John Stossel well, is really a crazy right-wing <laughs> asshole that is is loose with his facts. But the, the, whole, okay. the whole point of this thing was that like even some amateur racer with a motor in their bike can meet, can beat up, like beat this legend up a hill. One... The amateur could be like a really fast cat one, and he's got a motor in his bike. Two, Johan Museo is like forty five and fat. Yeah. So like, why is this surprising? But this was like like billed as like a like see see a 
the motor can make even a regular person beat so, a retired fat champion. Who fucking cares? Yeah, what's sadder about that? That that we're advertising that amateurs can get motors in their bikes? Or that Johan Mizieo has fallen so far that he's like basically a sea level cyclist uh, <laughs> celebrity? He's not. I bet in Belgium. Oh, he's, he's not sea level. A. He'll be like there at, at Flanders, like handing shit out on the podium, you know? Everyone be like, oh, no, oh he's a legend. He talks so like got- Mike Tyson. We got Boone in, you know, at your A level. Mm-hmm. We got we got your. I'm thinking like your not so good pros. I hate to say that, but like a Peepo would be your B level. <laughs> yeah, he's a B B minus. Your recently retired pros maybe like even would be in that B level. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, but you also and got... And then Museo's down at your C level. I don't think so. Museo, uh, I'm pretty I don't know. sure I he's a that's... legend still. I mean, he's the Lion of Flanders. Yeah. He well, regardless, he he won all those races. Dope if you have to buy your own beer when you go into a restaurant, then you're sea level. I don't think that dude ever. Yeah, I don't think Yoan Museo has to buy a beer ever again. Deluca, well, you need to put Deluca on the phone, Tim. And Tim is off on cat duty. Guess so. Closing yep. the door. Well, that just about wraps it up here on the Slow Ride Podcast. <laughs> Uh, we'd like to thank. Hey, sorry guys, I'm back. Oh, um, thanks. I, I had to. Uh, Deluca had to get into the uh, the bedroom. Ah, no. Okay. The the testers were here, so she needed to go hide under the bed. <laughs> she, <laughs> safe place. Is she glowing there. right now. <laughs> oh, uh, so good stuff. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm super stoked for uh, Milan San Remo. I'm. Uh, uh, I think that uh, Cavendish is definitely going to take it. Tony Gallopan in 16th place. Pretty stoked. <laughs> we have Torino Adriaticos uh, starting up tomorrow. Final stage. It is the individual time trial. Sven Tuft is the first one off, which means he will win the stage because there will be a massive mudslide that will stop the rest of the riders from finishing. Uh-huh. Sven Tuft. That's good. All right. All right. It, this, this has got to be Sven Tuft's last year in the Peloton too, right? I mean... Possibly. Like, I know everyone's talking about Consolara, but where's the Sven Tuft victory tour? I don't know. That's maybe. true. That's true. He it's deserves maybe coming one. later. Maybe he'll he'll we'll do the Canadian races, you know, later in the year and get a. Everyone will buy him a pint of maple syrup or something. Yeah. Is that cool. what you get when you win those? No, it's just you're in Canada. So when you walk oh, into okay. a bar, everybody buys you a pint of maple syrup yeah. instead of a beer. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Canadian joke. It was so, yeah, hopefully everybody uh, is still listening and, and gets their 16th place picks into us on Twitter. We'll figure out some fabulous prizes for whoever gets closest to correct. Um, I don't know what we're going to do for tiebreaker. We'll probably take uh, whoever got that selection in first. Yeah, um, or best jersey. So everybody should get their 16th place picks in. Use the hashtag 16th place because it auto-populates our spreadsheet. And if you're not on the spreadsheet, we're not counting you. Sorry, I don't have time to filter through all these tweets. Yeah, use the hashtag 16th place. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Thank you. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the 97th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Proudly a member of the Wide Angle Podium Network. You can find us at theslowridepodcast.com and thewideanglepodium.com. I'd like to thank... BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment for our intro and outro music. And our most important thing, our parting words for you, it's not about waving anymore. Because that, <laughs> you should know. 
It's not about shifting when you need to shift because you may be on a single speed. It's about working together. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we can all work together on this wide angle podium <laughs> network. You guys should check it out. Check out the other shows on there. Consider donations to help keep us afloat. It'll be awesome. WideAnglePodium.com, SlowRidePodcast.com, SlowRidePodcast at gmail.com, and on Twitter at the SlowRidePod. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The SlowRidePodcast.com, and on Twitter at the SlowRidePod.